Hello and welcome to Forget the Numbers. On this week's podcast, we introduce our exciting new podcast format. It's week one of study and it's never too early to start. Keep listening later on to hear about our early access offer to, to our podcast listeners. And also we hear from Connor about um, some recent issues with the global airline industry and how AI is taking our jobs. So welcome everybody. Um, my name is Alan and today I'm here with Connor. Hi everyone. And this is our first podcast in our new format. Um, so we're still continuing to give advice and take your take you through your exam journey. Um, but we're also looking at some recent stories in the news. And this is because a lot of your examination teams and case study exams might be using these as samples for questions. And they're also a good way of looking at real life and trying to find a solution. And then every week we'll take questions from our listeners. And I know Connor has a few from later on. So you can send them in at any time to podcast.learnsignal.com or tweet at LearnSignal. So let's go on. Um, week one. Um, so a lot of you are saying, oh, no, not already. Um, our exams just finished last week and these guys are already talking about week one of study. Um, what do you think, Connor? Would you give out? No, I think I think we're probably the same. It feels like we just get through one sitting, but you kind of do have to get straight back in, forward looking, kind of onto the next one. There's no real time to get comfortable if you are looking to keep doing exams and do something in that September sitting. Yeah. So I think a few of the things that we were saying, like it is never too early to start studying, and there's whole desperation around. Oh well, I'll wait now. I have six weeks off. Um, and wait for the results and see how I go. But six weeks is a long time. It's a lot of time to waste. And if you think about it, what you can do is you can cut down half of your study from the second half of the six, the second half of the twelve week sitting, and get that done now. Uh, and that's a big thing. Um, so, what would you do this week, Connor? Yeah, I th- open up the book straight away. <laughs> no, I think we, we always talk about trying to make it as manageable as possible, um, and oftentimes the longer you wait it gets a lot less manageable because you have to cram everything in and the pressure starts to build so really for week one i'd be thinking about how you can make a plan to approach the next kind of 12 weeks leading up to that exam sitting so not necessarily trying to jump into the theory and jump into doing questions and try to get your head around everything like that but more so just make a plan of what you're going to do try to get a handle on what's involved how much work how much theory there is and plan that out to to see how you're going to tackle that over the next uh, number of weeks. And I think people might think that um, oh, the plan is a big deal. Um, but we have our plans are going to be released already, so they're live on the site right now. Um, and I think the, the, a few questions we've got in during the week is I think it's a traditional time that people see huge changes in the ACCA syllabus and they see the ACCA talking about new syllabus and new changes but I don't think there's dramatic changes really across the board. No we've been through um, at this stage we've been through all the the study plans we have and we've revised anything for changes but a lot of the times the changes you see are are just slight variations to what was already there kind of reshuffling within the syllabus but Mm. not necessarily new content so all our study schedules are completely up to date um, and yeah, as as we had done before, they're designed in such a way that it does give you a manageable amount of work to do over the twelve weeks. It's not um, you know, it's not going to leave you with a ton to do at the end. It's all about pacing yourself over those twelve weeks. Yeah. So if you're a student who's just completed an exam, take those few days off and let it settle in. But don't, I guess, don't waste the momentum you've built up and use that time again, and it will help you. Um, and I think it's also that logic of if you try and cram 
a lot of content in three or four weeks. You don't. Re- it doesn't get time to settle in your brain. You, yeah, you're not really getting used to it. But if you can do that over an extra six weeks, you'd be much better positioned to answer questions then coming closer to the next exam. And I think the, the people think, oh, I don't want to start looking at things now because it'll get me stressed or, you know, it, it makes you start thinking about the exams again. But I actually think if, if what you did this week was really look at that study schedule, it'll show you that, you know, you're well able to get through everything. It'll let you know that, you know, it's not this mountain of work. It's not impossible. And if anything, it'll probably relieve some of that stress because it just gives you that bit of structure to build into your routine over the next number of weeks. So I actually think, if anything, looking at that now will will settle those nerves and those stresses. And it kind of just gives you a plan and puts you in control um, for going forward. And if you start now, it doesn't have to have a major impact on your life. It doesn't have like people say, oh, I have to give up all this time again. Starting early also gives you that, that you can kind of fit your study around. And I think the study plans are built up that they, getting closer to the exams, they do build up. And that the first few weeks shouldn't be that taxing and they're really just building up a little bit of knowledge no, on the yeah. subject. So that's the that's for all you students who um, tried exams or did exams last week and hopefully did very, very well. Um, now to the students who have absolutely no excuses, which are the ones who didn't have exams last week and are planning to take exams in the September sitting. They just just, just be starting. Yeah, I think um, I can understand someone who's who's finished their exam on Friday and doesn't exactly want to look at a study plan on Sunday. But I think for anyone else um, to really give yourself the best chance, you you'd be mad not to to try start that now. Um, and it's okay. I, and I know from personal experience, you kind of go, I've still lots of time. Next week I'll do. Next week I'll do. Next week I'll do. And then all of a sudden, next week is three weeks away from the exam. Yeah, weeks of a way of disappearing when you're coming up they towards do. exams. And like you talked about us, and we we're in the for for ACCA right now. We're in this twelve week cycle, and those twelve weeks come around very very fast, and time does get away. And it's just a case of starting. I think people are can also be very optimistic with how much time they have in those last three weeks. And they think, well, at least I'll just focus on my exam. But we always get comments in from students saying month end's been crazy in work yeah. or I'm flat out. Um, and so don't presume that you're going to be able to dedicate a full three weeks and do nothing else in that time. You, you kind of have to be a bit more realistic with your time. But imagine... The other way of looking at it is the fact that you could be going into those last three weeks feeling nicely calm, well prepared, feeling that you've done all the work that you're supposed to do. And actually, it is, I wouldn't say a stress free lead up to an exam because no exam is stress free, but certainly a comfortable lead up that the stress is just exam nerves rather than panic that you haven't done the work and don't have the knowledge. And surely that's a much nicer yeah. way of doing it. Because we see a lot of people for for kind of six weeks of relative quietness and maybe some free evenings, they're sacrificing then six weeks of complete panic and stress for the exam. So you're you're far better to just get a hold of it now and just spread it out. And as you said, your everything, your whole mental state leading into those final few weeks will just be in a much better place because you just feel prepared and you have that comfort level. But I guess our summary is like we have a little bit of sympathy for people who just done exams. They get a few days grace. A few days. But yeah, but realistically, like benefit yourself in the long term. Um, increase those chances of getting um, a good result in September. And enough people are saying, "Oh, it's only June. Why are we looking at September?" But think of it twelve weeks and think about twelve weeks ago. So if you've just finished an exam and this is the end of the exam week, think about twelve weeks ago. 
and how you're feeling and how you might have felt. Oh, it's such a long way away to my June exam. And now it's finished. Um, and that time does disappear. And as Connor said, things get in the way. Work, family, social life, whatever it is, things do pop up at the last minute. And life has a way of not com- cooperating and things popping up when you don't want them to. Yeah. And I also think for, for those who did sit exams, um, try think about the feelings of maybe stress that you have when you thought, I wish I started earlier or I wish I hadn't left so much towards the end. So if you have just come out of those exams and you did have any of those feelings, that's the reason that you should really be trying to get a start on it now. Exactly. So imagine what you feel now and to try and avoid that the next time. If you're enjoying listening to the Forget the Numbers podcast, we'd really appreciate if you could rate us on your podcast provider. So as I mentioned earlier, we've got a few new sections and the first one, um, when we looked at all your case studies and we look at what the examiner says um, when they're coming up with these case studies, they always talk about um, making them realistic and taking stories from the news and trying to kind of solve the problems that you hear. So each week we're going to cover one or two stories and maybe talk about how we'd solve them. And think about how this would work in an exam and that's part of the preparation for a case study exam as well it's not just all the study and the content it's kind of been thinking how would i solve this problem so connor you have a few few stories for us this week yeah so um the first story that we saw during the week was the global airline industry has slashed their 2019 profit forecast by 21 percent um so this is due to a number of reasons but the forecast that they had set from december is down 21 percent at this point so some of the causes they see are there's a lot of um, kind of economic trade wars going on and then just general increases in oil prices are having this huge effect on that industry. Uh, but then there's been other issues. There's been grinding of planes by regulators through to some kind of scandals and malfunctions. Um, so all of this is having an effect on that profit forecast. But while we say it's down 21%, um, they're not exactly struggling. I think that means they expect to post a profit of about $28 billion this year. So the poor guys in the airline industry. um, And I think that's the 10th year in a row that they're still profitable. So I think since the the kind of last global crash, that industry has been booming for the last 10 years. So I think it was supposed to be $35 billion, but they'll have to make do with $28 billion. So... Well, that's uh, well nice. I put it on, on you, how how that might tie into some um, ACCA. Well, but I think if you're sitting there and you're kind of go like, imagine yourself as being a consultant. Um, and I guess we did laugh a little bit that they're only earning 28 billion, billion and maybe their bonuses will only, will be less millions than they thought. Um, but I think there are some reasons in there. And if you could imagine in a case study and you being a consultant, it's not about how much they're earning. It's more about how much they're not earning and what are the reasons why. And I guess, do you look, what do you do? Do you look at hedging? Do you look at um, increasing your prices? Do you look at being more competitive pricing? And a competitive pricing strategy obviously gets your competitors to reduce prices. And is that to the detriment of everybody? Is it for the good of the, the consumer? Do you open new routes? to so many things yeah. that even when that, when you're reading stories in the paper, you just have to be thinking, okay, what are three or four things I could do? It's getting that mindset. Yeah. And I, I also think, particularly at strategic professional, when you're given a scenario, you know, oftentimes in the first sentence, it'll say, 
um, you're acting as a consultant for an airline company. Yeah. And if you're asked to do anything like a, an environmental analysis or, or some kind of look at what's going on in the industry, by just having some of this relevant knowledge that you can say, well, some external factors that could affect it is, you know, some of these issues like increasing oil prices or trade wars or anything like that, the grinding of planes, that'll have a huge effect. And you see that in a lot of subjects, even like advanced audit. It's knowing what are kind of business risks that could affect that company. Mm. So I think by having a knowledge of different industries, you're likely going to see some industry in the exam. And it's great if you can draw on some of that relevant knowledge. So get yourself on, like what we do, get yourself on some mailing, mailing lists for newspapers with some global stories and get used to spending 15 minutes reading it every day and and coming up with those problems. And think the next one, we're lose, all losing our jobs. Yeah, effectively, hopefully not us. But um, yeah, artificial intelligence is kind of taking over a lot of jobs. We, there's two studies. The first, Our producer here is looking very nervous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, the first is there's a Swedish company who are now using uh, robots to interview job candidates. And I think that is with the idea that it's less um, discriminatory and that people have a fairer chance. And they kind of quoted that in recruitment, you kind of make your first impression within seven seconds. And most recruiters within five minutes will have decided if you're good for the job. So they're trying to give people a fair chance but for any of our younger listeners the second study is probably more worrying so a recent study has 49% of workers aged 16 to 24 are at risk of losing their jobs to AI and these are most commonly in areas like waiters cashiers retail suppliers because of things like um, automatic ordering and swipe payments and different things so there's a lot happening with AI and maybe more reason to encourage you to keep uh, sticking at the exams for once, but, uh, for once I'm glad not to be too young I guess yeah, um, um, but I think one of the things um, with the AI thing and it is what ACC are trying to do with their case study with the SBI case study and it's what SEMA have tried to do for a while with their case studies it's actually to take accountants away from doing these kind of um, I wouldn't call them tasks but these regular things yeah. that AI will be able to do and computers are able to do and it's all about kind of you having something strategic or, or advisory that's unique to you that can help yeah. the company. That AI are, isn't really going to solve problems. No, they are going to. They're programmed to. to it's mostly programmed to do tasks for now, anyway. Um, but it's yeah. not necessarily going to be solved those problems. And that's what these case studies are for. Yeah, it's all about kind of freeing up time and efficiency and taking away some of those more automated tasks, but you're always going to need some level of analysis and to bring that human element in. So there's a lot of there which kind of comes into the broader sense of what the exams are designed for. But obviously there's, you know, there's ethical consequences that would probably come into cases. There's environmental uh, factors. So again, it's it just shows how another simple story you can see but might even affect the majority of cases and uh, scenarios that you encounter in your exams. Well, don't be surprised if in September or December some of these stories appear in um, the SPL exam because the examining team are reading probably a lot of the same stuff we are and and you are. Um, So before we move on to our student questions, um, I'd just like to tell students about the offer we have. So if students go to learnsignal.com forward slash first 100, on Tuesday, all of our students are being offered quite a, a, a huge discount on our annual plans. Um, 
but that's only from Tuesday. So anybody who's listening to the podcast right now, going to learnsignal.com forward slash first 100, because there's only 100 of these plans available, you will get access to that now. So before the, I guess, the general audience of LearnSignal, the many thousands worldwide of LearnSignal will get access to it. So between now and Tuesday, you have that opportunity. So go online, go to First 100 and claim your, your discount now before it's released to any other students. Each week at the end of the show, we answer questions sent in by our listeners. You can send in your questions by email to podcast at LearnSignal.com or tweet us at LearnSignal. So our first question is from Kevin from Johannesburg, and he says, um, it's difficult to find time to study now when working full time also. How can I stay on top of it? Well, I think part of it's what we talked about earlier. So starting early, um, the longer you have, the longer the time you have before your exam to study, the less you have to study every day or every week. Um, I guess our learn signal is, is designed to be flexible so it really is to take advantage of all the time that you can. If you're going to classroom based, clearly they decide the timetable that might not always be suitable. Um, but with Learn Signal, we're giving you the tasks, I guess, or the videos or the questions to do every single week. Um, but what you have to do is find a way to fit your time in. So, Kevin, if you're traveling on the bus, traveling on the train, um, use your laptop, use your phone, listen to a lecture, watch a lecture. Um, even just read a question and in your head plan, do that initial few minutes planning about how you might tackle it. And then later on, when you get home, have a go at it. So there's, there's lots of ways. Like don't waste 15 minutes. Use your lunch times, use your breaks, um, use your travel time. So it's not about studying doesn't have to be about, oh, I have to set aside a big chunk of time. And if I can't set aside a big chunk of time, well, then I won't do anything. It really is, especially early on, every 10, 15 minutes really, really helps. And I think it's really important to take advantage of all of that time. And don't make time kind of the enemy. Sounds pretty corny, but make time your friend a little bit. But it is. <laughs> make it time is. your friend. Time your that friend. is our message. <laughs> I think that might be the title of this podcast today. But it is a case of... Um, it is a case of doing that and using your time efficiently. And it's that kind of old fashioned view that you have to study for a chunk of time and an hour, two hours or three hours. You don't have to do that. And in fact, it's recommended by a lot of research not to do that because you're only taking so much in. So just be really efficient with your time. OK, and the next question, and I can tell Alan you're going to like this one, okay. but Jill from Bristol, is there any point in studying before I get my exam results? No, 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 just take a break and <laughs> sit back and, and relax. <laughs> yes, a uh, huge point. Um, like, there's two outcomes. So first of all, you, the, the really good one is you pass your exam. So what happens if you pass your exam? Not only will you be happy passing your exam, but won't you be so relieved that you're kind of ahead of the game? You go, oh, I'm glad I did that work. The worst case scenario is that you haven't passed your exam and maybe you decide to, so let's say you're doing performance management and you've been studying tax for the six weeks, just to make give an example. Um, so maybe you, you haven't managed to pass performance management and you've decided that you're going to repeat that in September. Well, that six weeks on tax isn't, hasn't damaged you, hasn't hurt you in any way. 
and when you do get the study text, maybe for December, um, it's you're going to be able to do it. You're going to have that information will stick. Not every single piece of it, but when you start revising it, oh, I know, I remember that. I knew that, and it's going to make it seem even easier. So you are getting a head start for future exams, whether it's this sitting or the next one. You are getting a massive head start, and again, it's that stress thing. It's not. There's so much work you have to do for an ACCA exam. You can't get away from that. So it's a better. It's about whether you want to condense it into six weeks and panic yourself, or you want to put it over a twelve week period and make your life that little bit easier. And I know we would advise the twelve weeks um, is a much nicer way of doing it. So that that would be my my part on that one. Yeah, I think very clear advice for both. But <laughs> yeah. It definitely stays true to probably what we were talking at the very start of it. So thanks very much, buddy, for listening. Um, and we'll talk to you all next time. So it's bye from me and Connor. Bye bye.